Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, we are going to have an in-depth conversation on this episode of Mike Drop, made possible by the Believe Network and can be found everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, Google Play, etc., about a scandal. And it's a scandal that everybody else is talking about, too, and the scandal surrounding the Michigan Wolverines and what's going on around the college football world these days. I am your host, Mike Costi. And everyone knows the story now, but as the world turns surrounding the Michigan program, I am going to have a conversation with somebody who's now around the program, somebody who does radio up there in Michigan, Michigan radio host at WLAV right now, and that is Greg Henson, former colleague of mine in the Pittsburgh media scope as well. So, Greg, first off, as I will unmute you. Thank you for joining me, man. It's uh, been a minute. Glad to be talking to you on social media a little bit and finally do some radio here and maybe get Absolutely. in the future when you pop back to Pittsburgh. So, Well, thank you for the invite, man. I I miss Pittsburgh. That's a great town. And, uh, yeah. and I still keep an eye on it just because I grew fond of some of the teams when I was there. So I still okay. watch the Steelers all the time and okay. uh, still enjoy it. Okay, so maybe we'll do another show some other time about your your thoughts on the Steelers and then those teams still. But once you get to Pittsburgh, you're kind of you always kind of are wrapped in there forever. I, right. I hear that all the time from people that do leave that they just can't stop keeping tabs on it because you just you, you get wrapped somehow. And even if you float into Pittsburgh for a brief moment there, so yeah, for sure. And and our off air conversation about Pittsburgh probably will be uh just as entertaining as this would be for, for anyone, if, if we, if anyone else ever hears that, but that's just yeah. for us right now, Greg Henson, again, Michigan radio host from WLAV is we're going to talk the Michigan scandal here on Mike drop. And before we fully unpack and get your thoughts, cause you've been pretty vocal with your thoughts on what you think all of this and you're around the area up there and you're hearing from media and certainly have sources amongst the program. I want to get your take on, and obviously there's, you know, as we're recording this, things could appeal. There could be another hearing. We don't know about the future games, but how you think things were handled for the Penn State game where Jim Harbaugh kind of oddly, and it's kind of weird to even, I can't even remember in the last time I, I've seen a suspension like this in sports pro or college where suspended for the game, but able to do all the work during the week with, with outside of fourth down calls and different calls during a game. That's a lot of the work you would do as a coach. So that where they finalized on doesn't get the restraining order. The decision comes down, you know, basically right before the game. We're talking night before morning of. He's at a hotel, gets gets told when he gets off the plane. That whole mess. How did how did that, you know, smell for you? And then how do you think the Big Ten got there? Was it pressure from the other conference teams, public backlash, or maybe what they really felt about the situation? Well, I think it was handled terribly. And if Jim Harbaugh did something wrong, he should be suspended. Uh, at this point, there's no evidence he knew or was involved. And uh, in the years I've known Jim Harbaugh, since he returned to Michigan in 2014, yeah. I find him to be a man of high integrity and high character. I know how he was raised. Okay. I know his parents. And I don't think he would intentionally cheat. 
Um, now, I do think it's not beyond any football coach to look for a loophole, and I think that's sure. what this, sure. you know, that's what this. I think that's what Connor Stallions did. I think he thought he was he found a loophole, and you know, I think they're going to find out that that didn't wash with Michigan when they found out he was involved. They suspended him, and then he resigned. So yeah, it was handled terribly. Um, I wasn't freaking out because of the game. I was more curious as to how it came down because. Why would you wait till a ba- till a holiday to to do this? Why would you wait till he got on a plane? It seemed yeah, very curious and very punitive, but I don't think it's sinister. You know what I think it is? I think Petiti, who is the commissioner of the Big Ten, is so inexperienced. I think his background and his lens as a major yeah. league baseball guy is, oh my God, this is worse than the Astros, which it's not. Everything I think he saw was run through the yeah. lens of this is cheating like the Astros. When it's and that, not- that led to ousting a manager, even though they would win yeah. a later world series that, yeah. So that kind of led to the people that were said to be involved. He's here in Detroit gone. now. Right. Yeah, right. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. He needs yeah. to cheat better for the Tigers. I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts. I'd like to get his thoughts on this. You got to talk to him. Well, um, and I think, so I think uh, Petiti is very naive. I, I think that, um, to be honest, I don't know that he survives this. I don't know how you can do what you've done to your your one and one B brand in the conference. Um, and I'm with you on on Harbaugh suspension. That doesn't bother me as much as because he's here during the week. The head coach's job is largely done on game day. The coordinators right. are right. calling plays. I mean, he he obviously has oversight on everything, but you know how that goes. The yeah, coaches- he can even tell them this situation, do this, right. this fourth down call, do this. This is what I would do and like wink, wink, do that. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't – that wasn't as big a deal to me. You know, I think Lee Corso said it on game day. He said, look, the only reason they'll miss Harbaugh is because he can work the refs, unlike Sharon Moore, who the refs will tell yeah, to stifle it. Um, but overall, I think sure. that was the thing that most annoyed me. I wasn't worried about Michigan beating Penn State. No offense, but anytime James Franklin's involved, you got yourself a big advantage. Um, <laughs> we uh, may so, get so, to yeah, your I, thoughts on James Franklin before this is <laughs> up, but yeah. Well, yeah. So anyway, I think you know it was handled terribly. I think they got to get to the bottom of it, and ultimately, in the end, as you've seen me say in social media, this is largely football. Yeah. Michigan's going to get a slap on the wrist. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna wag their finger at him and say, "Bad Michigan, bad, <laughs> give us money and yeah. ever do it again." I, I and mean, that yeah, that, that's kind of where they land a lot of the time. Although there are sore examples of the NCA or even in college sports of stiff punishments that they've even admitted they regret, like the SMU thing. Right. You watch that documentary. There's guys with the NCA that are in there now saying we would never do that again. That was wrong. We basically killed a program for thirty plus years. Right. So it goes all over the place and terms of how how scandal has been handled throughout the history of college sports how do you think they came to the decision that he can work during the week and not the game again that was what was confusing to me and was so odd why was that the decision and where did they come up with that they're surprising to you uh yeah because they're placating the losers in the conference Basically, what right. you had was you had a bunch of also-rans with with a couple of exceptions of Ohio State, maybe Penn State. I haven't seen any record where Penn State's on or off the record yeah. on anything. Uh, I think they placated the losers in the conference like Purdue and Rutgers and Michigan State. 
uh, because this was a mob mentality. You see it every day on social media. They get, they went to the commissioner. They waited for Harbaugh to leave the call. And then they all started piling on and complaining, which is laughable and very childish and immature. Um, so I think when 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 you see them, they didn't they didn't punish Harbaugh either. They said they were punishing the institution. Right. Then they made Harbaugh take three Saturdays off. He's not he's not off during the week. So that should tell yeah. you they're not serious about this, Mike. They know that this is much ado about nothing. Mike Petiti is trying to sound like a hard guy, and I think he's putting <laughs> up he's putting it out there so that he can say to the losers of the conference, which there are eleven of them. He can say, look what we did. We suspended him when really it's it's nothing. It's a big fat zero. It could be. I and mean, we'll see how it ends and backlash, I'm sure, and public conversation and is all part of it because it does feel like he acted off of what he felt like was pressure from the rest of the conference and maybe even public backlash. And part of that was, as we know too, if you wait for the NCA to come up with a decision or finish a, a conclusion, you're going to be waiting years. That's why before yeah. the big 10 pressure, everybody was kind of saying, yeah, this might look bad, but like, we're not, it's not going to affect this season. And right. then the big 10 joins in and you do have that weird suspension. That was just a very, very weird thing. I, I guess some pushback that I could offer though is, and what people have said and even the Big Ten kind of admitted in their statement that they are not saying factually they know Jim Harbaugh knew about any of this. If right. we agree that if this occurred and it looks like it did based on Venmo receipts and even video, then it would be against the bylaws. We can argue and we'll talk later on the impact of these games. But sign stealing has been going on forever. But when it has been proven, people have been punished and this would be breaking the rules. However, we don't know Jim Harbaugh knew about it. But the argument to that is that when you're the head coach, it's then lack of institutional control is the phrase in college sports. And if it goes on under your watch, you get blamed and you have to know because you're the boss and your name is on the program. Okay, there was a great article by Michael Rosenberg, who, by the way, got Michigan turned into the NCAA under Rich Rod for excessive practice time. Michael Rosenberg wrote an article, and I agree with him, and I've long felt this. The coach can't know everything that's going on. Connor sure. Stallions was running a rogue ring, and he was a nutty super fan that Michigan hired. Look, here's what Harbaugh does well, too. He hires these guys who are borderline genius. Like Connor Stallions and, and Matt Weiss, the um, coach who was fired in January, are literally genius memory guys. Like they have photographic memories. Right. They're not allowed. I, I promise you they would not be allowed in any Vegas casino because they have these photographic memories and Connor Stallion. That might be where he is now since he right. got some free time. Well, you know, yeah. th that's the thing is, is yeah. he, I think he wanted to be the first, he wrote this in his manifesto. He wanted to be the first guy to use analytics and recruiting uh, to be the next head coach of Michigan okay. without any football experience. So I think he was running a rogue, uh, a rogue operation. I don't know. We don't know about the Venmo receipts and what they were for that speculation. I mean, sure. He, sure. We don't sure. know about these spreadsheets. Uh, when okay. you worked at a big company, uh, yeah. didn't you share a drive with other employees? Oh, 100%. 100%. I, yeah, I didn't know I, what was going on in their drives. I didn't look. Yeah, um, I mean, and maybe you'd be curious and venture over there. But, yeah, it would be it would be 100%. There's big, big drives. Everyone's sharing things. However, 
there's ways to also make what you have in there and what you share private. And then Venmo, you can make what you send private. That was well, he done. did, but he did he did have them private. No coaches accessed his files. The only people who could access his files on the Google Drive were people who gave the password to. And yeah. him sending randos to a game to record is technically not by uh against the bylaw it's a big flick of the bird to the bylaw you know <laughs> and to the spirit of the bylaw but i don't know that that can yeah. ultimately come back on harbaugh and the other thing is is today uh, yesterday john harbaugh in his press conference said hey they've checked jim's computers and he came through with flying colors so i'm just i here's i i'm I didn't just see telling, john's being asked about this that's crazy <laughs> yeah he was asked yesterday check that yeah. quote out when we're done and he said hey okay. they took his phone they okay. took his computer and he passed with flying colors i'm just telling you knowing harbaugh i don't think he would willingly cheat he's not wired that way he wouldn't jump his contract with the niners to go to michigan until he got fired you know he's on yeah. the record he's never broken a contract in his career he's never jumped a contract he's a guy who if you know his dad, if you know him and his brother, they were raised to do the right things. And I've never really seen it where he is a guy who's willingly going off the rails. So I'm very <laughs> much counting on what I know about Jim as a human being. So that, to know that he's not out there going, hey, Connor, get a bunch of your dopes to sit behind <laughs> Ohio State's bench and record stuff. Stallions did that on his own, and that's what's going to come out. Um, yeah. but, but then again, if Harbaugh has to have some culpability, then I don't care about the suspension. If you want to suspend him, that's fine. You can. Um, because, yes, the buck has to stop somewhere. But I think that's what I mean. Right. Right. Yeah. But I think it's a misnomer that coaches know everything. I'll give you another example. From about. I don't think they know everything either, but I think the buck stops with the head sure. coach is the argument. Yeah. Well, well, go ahead. It's just, I'll tell you, from 1998 till about 2015. I was on Michigan's sideline for every game. Okay. Do you think Lloyd Carr knew I was standing there? <laughs> he had no clue I was standing on yeah. his sideline. And I was a credentialed media member. So it's a real misnomer to act like you're supposed to know everything. Like the whole thing with Central Michigan. I don't know if that was Connor Stallions. It looked like it. That looks weird. And like he put his head down the minute the camera panned over and there. How did he get down there or without anyone knowing? You know they gave him a pass. They're, 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 what they're doing is they're trying to kneel on the ball and run out the clock up there. But we'll find out if he was on the sidelines. But ultimately, yeah, every coach can't know. Well, everything. that's all. Yeah, they cannot. Although, again, it is their their names on the program. But yep. I, yeah, I mean, I, that whole thing with if he if that is him and it does again look like him that he was on the Central Michigan sideline. We've all been on sidelines and had credentials before. That if true and if he went there rogue yep then obviously an SID or somebody they're working for Central Michigan got to go because how are you, he had to acquire a credential in some respect the other option is he physically like assaulted somebody and managed to steal their credential because a lot of credentials these days don't have our names on them so right. if somebody jumps me going into the press box then they could have it and potentially go down there because or, as you but that's the only other option unless somebody approved him or somebody got a credential and then gave it to him. Or gave it to, yeah, which then happen. would get that person in trouble too. Right. You can't which, be doing that, which, obviously. Which, whether that happened or not, they'll concoct that. They'll say some low-level guy. No, yeah, sure, but 
Yeah, but I mean, that, there's only real three options. is either he stole it, he was given it, or somebody involved with Central Michigan is at fault and they messed up. Those are the only three ways that man got down there. But sure, before, after games, there's definitely times where I'm sitting in the press box if I get there early and I just do myself and just pop down to the, the sideline and I don't tell anybody I'm going down there. Right, I go down there. Right. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there. If you are supposed to be there, there's absolutely ways to be down there and have no one know you're down there, and you mm-hmm. could even linger probably until kickoff if you don't want to actually do any work, and then we, you're just down there the whole time. As a, as a broadcast media member, yeah, I, I wasn't doing any work till post game, so I would just stay on the field for the game. Well, there you no go. If you, yeah, hundred percent. If you nothing to write about, ninety percent even when you're writing, the work is done after the game. So yeah. absolutely, you you could do that if you want. Greg Henson here talking with him, Michigan radio host WLAV is where he's coming to you from these days. And we're on mic drop talking Michigan conversation. Everyone else is having, but I want to get Greg's thoughts for sure on this. And we haven't actually touched on it yet on this particular show, even though I have other places now, I'm also not, not in any way naive enough. And I, I don't think most people are, even though people's opinions are all over the place that if there's something dirty going on at one program, regardless of who knows, that that means it's the only program things are happening. I am sure there are similar things, whether it's to this level or not, in terms of sign stealing, even breaking rules, happening at other programs to this vein. But in your opinion, if, regardless of who should get punished, if it is proven that Michigan acquired information in a sign stealing manner this way, and it helped them turn the program around because people keep putting up the graphic that two years ago Harbaugh was on a national hot seat and wasn't getting it done. And then all of a sudden the wins start piling up during the playoffs back-to-back years. And who knows about this season, but it's certainly been a good one so far. What kind of impact do you think that actually had on turning the Michigan program around and on these games? Because that is another sense of the argument that even exists when people talk steroids and baseball, things like that, that, yeah, other people are doing it. Who knows how things were acquired? Who knows who should be blamed? But even if you somehow, you know, believe the Barry Bonds, I didn't knowingly take it, maybe you still got the benefit of it. What do you say to the benefit of it argument that if they're getting the benefit of it, they still need punish because that's still benefiting off cheating, even if you didn't do it intentionally? Well, number one. Everyone else is doing it's not a defense, which you right. know, that's fine. Number two, I think it's very minimal impact, probably one percent, maybe. Here's why. Okay. Number one, people forget what happened when Harbaugh turned it around. Number one, Harbaugh's been a good coach everywhere he's been. He won 75% of his football games at Michigan before this recent run. Number two, he changed his whole coaching staff in 2019. Ryan Day took over in 2019 at Ohio State. That helped. Um, they've also recruited much better and they had generational guys and NFL players like Aiden Hutchinson in their lineup. These are top NFL draft picks who are performing at the next level. Um, he overhauled the whole coaching staff and got rid of Don Brown. So I think there was enough change. JJ McCarthy came on the scene. I think there was enough change to really look at and say, okay, it's player development because If you look from 2019, which is the last time Ohio State beat Michigan, to now, the the talent has gotten better every year. Who would have thought they'd have followed up 21 with 22? Who would have thought they would have followed up 22 with 23 in terms of talent? Michigan has 17 players who might be drafted in this year's NFL draft, which would be a record if they all were drafted. 
That's right. not sign stealing. That's development. So I think the sign stealing in some instances might have helped them. But I don't think that helped them when Mike Sanders still knocked the ball out of Matt Stover's hands in the end zone at Ohio State last year. Yeah. I don't think that helped them when Aiden Hutchinson picked up an NFL first-round pick and dropped him on his ass against Ohio <laughs> State two years ago in Ann yeah. Arbor. You know what I mean? So what about 30 run plays in a row, too, against Penn State just recently? Like 30 I, run plays that you don't have to steal a sign. They knew, well, they're going to run the ball. It's coming at me. And they couldn't stop it despite in every other right. game having a great run defense. Against the great defense. Well, yeah. I think a lot of that, too, was Michigan was having a hard time blocking the edges on the first, on those early pass plays. I mean, Carson Barnhart got ran so by three times. Yeah. And uh, so I think yeah. and, and, and I think to a small degree, it was a double flip of the bird. Uh, to everyone to say, okay, if you think we need your sign, we'll show you we don't, and we're going to strap it up. And, you know, that game largely came down to four or five run plays that Michigan broke and Penn State didn't. And, uh, you know, but if you look, it was it was all great defense by Michigan, gap integrity. And if you look at Penn State, there were four or five plays where they didn't cover their gaps and got burned, and that's what cost them the game. But, yeah, I don't think – I think a lot of this, you know, here's what what's kind of disgusting me about – all of this is it's all rival fan bases having a fit. Um, Ohio that's how State, it always is, though. I mean, that's how it, it always is. is. When there's a scandal out there, the rival fan bases are the loudest among everybody. But it's 100%. mostly Ohio State and, and, and Michigan State. I don't yeah. see Penn State out there squealing. I don't, you know, I don't see, you know, Nebraska wasn't squealing and they took an ass kick in the week before all yeah. this broke. So, they did. you know, it's it's a cesspool when you see people. Like now they're out there, they're, some, they're starting a rumor about gambling allegations. I saw that, yeah, yeah. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, no one, That's just a fake account starting a rumor from right, what I've 20, seen and heard. 24 <laughs> followers. But yet you right. see how it takes, takes root. Everyone's sharing it now amongst their own little myopic fan base. Yeah. I am guilty that I threw up the bet quote tweet yeah. on it just off of what was said <laughs> during the suspension. Well, you weekend. know, that's what kids say now when right. they're saying, okay, bet, right. we got it. We got yeah. this. No, my, my baby daughter actually says bet occasionally. It's the cutest thing when she it. does it. Yeah. yeah, my kids say it all the time. Yeah. And Tom Brady, a 40-year-old man, is saying it too. So that 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 kind of was the funny part of, about this. And a lot of this is funny and scandals always kind of get into a humorous Part yep. if they can, and it's not like this is uh, any criminal or disgusting thing off the field. This is about whether there's a competitive advantage on the field. So at least right. the scandal, we can kind of talk that way. Again, Greg Henson here joining me, a Michigan radio host, as we're talking the Michigan scandal here on Mike Drop. Now, do you think, and it sounds like you do, any part of this, which can maybe be described as a little bit of a witch hunt, certainly by the other programs in the conference, is part of you you say that Jim Harbaugh, and I don't know Jim as well. I've been around John Harbaugh covering the Steelers and obviously him being a Ravens coach. I don't know Jim as well. But saying that Jim comes from character and obviously a long Harbaugh line of football family royalty, really, and great guy from what I've heard as well. But is any part of this, the perception of him is not necessarily what you're saying. Like, there's a perception nationally that he is very brazen, maybe arrogant, kind of cocky, even in these press conferences, basically, where he's, you know, been very quick to answer a lot of these questions. And then there are some that believe that part of his suspension earlier in the season off the recruiting violation, which was a minor level two violation at the time, off of nobody understood what was going on during COVID, got bumped to a level one because... As you know, with scandals, if you go out there quickly and or even individual players, if you go out there quickly and say, I'm sorry, my bad won't happen again, people will forget about it. 
but Jim Harbaugh and Michigan basically refused to do so, and that's kind of what they were kind of wink-wink told to do, and that moved it to a level one. Do you believe that's part of this at all, that there is a Michigan and Jim Harbaugh will not do the normal scandal thing of, we're sorry, we're going to self-impose ourselves for a few games, so because of that refusal, whether it be the NCA or now the Big Ten off pressure is saying, we're going to try to embarrass you because you won't play our game. Well, number one, Jim Harbaugh is weird. I can't tell you he's not an odd bird. Um, but the one thing everyone there will tell you is Jim Harbaugh is a man of great integrity, but he's weird as hell. Uh, number two, okay. I do think the NCAA has it out for him all the way back to the satellite camps uh, because he thumbs his nose at the NCAA. I think he has zero respect for the entity. I don't think it's anybody there. I think he sees the hypocrisy. Recently, he said, why isn't the NCAA sharing their TV money with, with the players? So I think they look at him and go, look at this guy. You know, what, what the hell? Um, so, yeah, I do think there's some of that. I don't think Jim's arrogant. I think he's weird. I'm telling you. I think okay. he's, I think he's a weird guy. Do you get how people who don't know him well would yeah. be oh. turned off by his personality? Hey, he's turned me off at times. And, okay. and, I, and I'm a big believer in his abilities as a coach. But I've I've listened to him sometimes and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, why are you – like the example – like the whole thing with those first violations where it was self – that was a three-game self-reported suspension right. early in the year. Right. And it was over Went a cheeseburger. Went from four to three originally, right? Yeah. And it was over a cheeseburger, but that's not the whole story. He wasn't forthcoming with who paid for the cheeseburger. If he just answered the question, it would have been a minor thing. Don't do it again. But instead, that's what he was I mean. Like, like right. that's what I he mean. Said, I don't know. Like, I don't know who paid. You knew. You knew who paid. And whether <laughs> right. Right. And whether you agree with it or not is another story. You may say I paid because I don't agree with it. But instead, he said I don't know who paid, and that's just not smart. Right. Um, but I think there's a certain degree of that. I he I think Jim just is a very smart guy. He outthinks himself at times. And I think he has a problem with the NCAA and he's going to try to stick it to him. The whole thing yesterday about Michigan being America's team was a troll. He's just saying, shut up. Get, get yeah, that, 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 that was kind of tongue in cheek a little bit, but yeah, yeah, people went wild. The national media went wild with that. That was the main coverage when he, when he said that. I know it's crazy. And people, you know, and, and I had some fun with it on my own show. He's Captain America now, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, but I mean, yeah. I, I think Jim's been around the game long enough to know uh, grift when he sees it. And I think he sees the NCAA as a grift. I really do. And the weirdest thing, Greg, I think that's a universal opinion, even from the people that hate Harbaugh and hate Michigan. I think most people out there, no matter what program they're rooting for, feels like the NCAA is this kind of cult-like weird mafia institution that had a lot, a lot of power back back in the day that they abused and now doesn't really have as much power because as we're seeing, they just are taking forever. And then the big 10 comes out there and suspends and the NCA now looks like nationally, like right. what are you really in charge of if people can step on your toes? So now the NCA is kind of getting embarrassed in this new world of the portal and NIL and now conferences doing what they want with realignment more so than ever before. But prior to the NCA was that iron fist that no one really liked. It's kind of the perception of Roger Goodell in the NFL too, that, some think he's abusing power. Some think he doesn't have enough of it and kind of gets made a joke out of. So you have all of that exist. And then there are, there are people that are flipping the opinion on Harbaugh and Michigan, even though he's kind of saying the same thing. That's interesting to me, too. 
Yeah, yeah. Even Ohio State fans hate the NCAA because their program has been clipped by the NCAA. I mean, the whole tattoo thing is the dumbest scandal in the last two decades, especially right. with NAL now, right. and that hurt Ohio State. So those fans have felt the ire of the NCAA and, and now wanted to go to Michigan. But that's – and a lot of hypocrisy exists uh, among fans in college sports more than anything. But that's just part of this. That I, Is that at all for you, though, because you felt that too even being around him, that Jim Harbaugh and his personality – can it maybe get in the way and actually hurt the Michigan program? Like, are things about arguing like about a cheeseburger actually negative for the program that it's stupid to do? Only to rival fan bases, I think. I mean, I don't. No one, no one in Michigan who's who's uh, either a, a, a follower of the program or a donor. No one's standing around going, "I wish Jim would just shut up and not fight the fight." I think they look largely at it as, and you know how this goes, Mike. He's winning. He's a native son, and we love him. And that's what I was going to say earlier. Yeah. The whole thing with McIlwain at CMU, if I were him and this scandal was going on, I'd have won four, more than four games this year. Because what keeps you employed through it all is how many games you win. You've seen it time yeah, and yeah, time yeah. and time 100, again. 100%. Yeah. And, and when and when you're what? Michigan's 24 and one in the last two or three years, and they've got a 22 game winning streak in the Big Ten. I mean, unless what if this stuff came out three or four years ago when he was on the national hot seat? Do you think that oh. would be different in Michigan would have cut bait? Well, here's the thing. I, I will take some issue with the hot seat. I don't think he was. Okay. I, I think I, well, he still won. Well, I called it a national hot seat. I think right. nationally he was viewed as being on a hot seat. I'm not saying well, I know whether he was on one from Michigan's perspective. Right. After the COVID year, he was, but when you look at COVID years, number one, yeah. Big Ten didn't even want to play. Michigan shouldn't have played because <laughs> they had so many opt-outs. Um but the year before, they won. They won what nine games, ten games? Yeah, I mean, you he could argue winning. perception of these programs is a bit right. wild. I mean, we're seeing programs. We talked even off the air. They won a fire guys who win nine games. That's a pretty hard standard to set. That if you look don't what happened to Pitt. Did. Do you think Pitt wishes they kept Dave Wanstead? Yeah, that was a that was a rough decision. It took him a while to get back to even where he would maybe building, even though there was rough times there. Look That's at Nebraska. That's a controversial decision, and Nebraska is another one, one hundred percent. There's even an argument at Texas A and M. Like yeah. I get, I get Jimbo Fisher with all the recruiting money and all the recruiting classes has not been winning enough, but they have what one or two ten win seasons in the last twenty five years, and you fire a coach that did win a national title, even not with you. So, and they just won big prior to getting fired. So Kevin Sumlin that's a Kevin Sumlin was a little better off. Yeah, he had a little better record, and obviously brought Johnny Johnny Menzel there and had the best season. Johnny Menzel and Kevin Sumlin brought Texas A&M fans the best season they've had in like a half a century, and that wasn't enough. The other thing about Harbaugh and Rich Rod found this out: Michigan is a very tough institution to navigate you have to know the inner workings. i know you have rich to... rod thinks that i've heard yeah. him say that well rich rod yeah. got porked he right. would have won if they'd have left him alone but they just couldn't leave the guy alone yeah. and they they un- it was underhanded and gross michigan's administration and the border regions and the athletic directors can be very gross that's why the coaches that win are strong coaches bo schembecker lloyd carr and jim harbaugh they all have that gravitas that it takes to navigate you know, because at one point when Bo Schembechler was just hired, if if it hadn't been for Bo and the athletic director, there were those in the administration who wanted to, to get rid of football. This was in the 70s. 
So the university is arrogant. It's um, it's weird. It's wild I, even here. It is. Michigan. It's just a, yeah. it's just a weird ever. university. They care. They there are many there who don't want football to be the front door to the university, and it's always been a problem. And that's why you need a strong head coach. And that's why I think Harbaugh can be there as long as he wants. And in the process, he better get somebody ready to replace himself down the road because it'll take that yeah. type of guy to get it done. Harbaugh would be hard to fire. Um, just because of the roots that run deep for him at, at Michigan. Yeah, and and while they're winning for sure and in the playoff, right. and even with the TCU loss, you're still in the playoff. That's why I did ask if so. You don't think this would all be different because of his roots? If this if this news broke, I'll even compromise with you. What if this news broke three or four years ago? Say it was even right before the COVID year, which you can give him as a mulligan, and he just wasn't winning enough. Even though he was getting in bowls, it was not the Michigan standard of anything close to what they wanted. If it came out with all of this, would the program still be with him as much as they are now, or is it because they believe he can win national title? I don't think they'd be as galvanized just because there were he did have his detractors going. The fan base wouldn't be, I don't think. From the what fan I'm base seeing. was I think turning be more of a split amongst the fans. A lot of people forget how bad a shape the program was left in by Brady Hoke. It was in I, bad, bad I, shape. I, that, that's he, fair. He, that's fair. And then he won 10 games in year one. He was winning 75% yeah. of his games before this run. It would be very, very hard to fire Jim Harbaugh for winning 75% of his games. Now, I get it. I understand. He wasn't record. winning the big games, though, because you know right. how schedules are built. Like he was winning, like, it's the, that is the basically prior to these past two years, he would have had the James Franklin resume. Yep, where where he was he was winning a lot of games, but once they played the big boys, he wasn't able to win, and he wasn't even competing in some of those games. And like Franklin's benefiting the the hardest out of conference games, West Virginia, the drink Franklin put on right. the schedule. So if you're gonna and Michigan's out of conference schedule is pretty easy too. So if you're gonna put that schedule up there, and then you win seventy five percent, but no big games, that's where the fan base I think was screaming, "How can you trust? How can you make me trust this is a national championship? Let alone what we want." <laughs> Two things. Prior to this run, the, the, the non-conference included Washington, Notre Dame, uh, and a okay, Power Five. Yeah. It was always one good Power Five and two Patsies. That's what it has been forever. And I think every team has that formula, right? We're not going on the and road. Normally, in not the, now in Michigan. Oh, they don't have that this year. The last two years, though, they had UCLA and uh, on the schedule, yeah. and and somehow it, it got canceled. I don't. There are yeah. varying rumors. But um, normally but yeah. that's the ideal schedule. Yeah. That's what right. Brent Baker, West Virginia has complained test. about that. The Mountaineers have two power fives. Like, why are we doing that? Right. Nobody else does it. Yes. That and, is the and ideal there's nothing to be gained. Conference schedule. No, with a four game player, there's nothing to be gained. 100%. Um, and, and, and it was funny because for many, many years, for 20 solid years, half the time Michigan's national title hopes were over if they lost to Notre Dame in the first or second game of the year. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah, but I, I, I don't, Here's what I think. I'll compromise with you. I think Harbaugh might have left prior to this run. Okay, I was going to get there. In a I would. Okay. I think he would have been like to hell with. He was getting offers every year, even when they weren't winning. And state. he still does, and he'll get them this year. Right. But I think in nineteen, he would have just said, I, "I'm not doing this. My contract's up because he had an initial seven year contract. I'm right. not going to do this. I'm just going to go." Okay. Now I think he's dug in. I think he's planning to stay. I think that extension's coming. I don't know what's holding it up. Um, but I'll compromise and say, I think he might've said to hell with it. Okay. Before this. 
Yeah, Greg Henson here, Michigan radio host at WLAV. Mike Drop here, made possible by the Believe Network and found everywhere you get your podcasts. Mike Osti, we're talking Michigan scandal, and we're getting a little bit to Franklin before I close up shop here. But I do also want to get your thoughts on the other part of this. And it's this is because it's not happening two or three years ago it is happening when michigan is a national contender this is happening when michigan is very much looking like they're a playoff team and really based on what we've seen the playoff committee do they probably have an argument even if they would lose to ohio state of still getting in the playoff we've seen that before but michigan's been in the last couple years they certainly want to get over the hump and get back in the national title game but this year they're right now on the driver's seat that if they keep winning out there's really no way to avoid them being in based on what's going on on the field but there is an argument that some are making that because of all of this, they should not be allowed to be part of the playoff. They should be taken out. And I've certainly made the that's a guilty until proven innocent argument, but our society wants to do that a lot. And Heather Dinich and Paul Feinbaum and others have, have been screaming the point that if they're bowl eligible, they will still be able to be voted on. And if they're in the top four in a ranking, they're going to be in regardless of what comes out, even if it comes out that Jim Harbaugh knew directly and just threw up the middle finger. What are your thoughts on the whole argument of people that if you put them in the playoff and then find out later they had an unfair advantage and they go ahead and win a national title that the NCAA may find out later they're going to vacate the wins and then that's not fair to say Texas, Florida State, Washington, the other fan bases, the other programs and players that don't have a scandal right now that then would be left out for Michigan that maybe had an unfair advantage that helped them 1%, maybe it helped them 10%, 20%, but it helped them a little bit. My argument to that would be no one cared when Michigan basketball lost to Louisville, who subsequently vacated their title in 2013. No, there were no tears, no crocodile tears for those guys. Every scandal through history, no one cared. This is far less of a scandal. It's far, far less of an issue than the national media is making it out. Here's the problem I have is I understand how media works and so do you. And you know Paul Feinbaum's about face, which is one of the more dramatic about faces I've ever seen, is largely done to prop up his show's ratings and, and ESPN clicks. Michigan is a click machine, and I can tell you that. That's why I don't write about them on my blog anymore, because it's like stealing okay. money. I mean, I was going to say, it, you don't want the clicks? <laughs> no, I, I, look, I want them, but I feel like it's trolling, and, and it's easy money. Yeah. And so when I, I don't care what Heather Dinich says. I, don't, I barely know who she is. And, and, and She's I on the committee you, is why, why I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But she yeah. should be thrown off the committee. So should any Heisman <laughs> voter who thinks J.J. McCarthy should automatically be disqualified. Because they're not being intellectually honest if they don't understand every team employs a sign stealer. They're all trying to do it. What Connor Stallions did may or may not have been right. I don't know what he did just yet. But there's no information linking it to Harbaugh. And, uh, and and even if he is supposedly responsible for his own program, he's going to get suspended and they're going to get fined. He's already been suspended. So as far as taking this away from kids who probably had no clue what was going on, I think that's ridiculous. And I think it's largely agenda driven is what I'm saying. I think Paul Feinbaum has an agenda. I think CNN, I think ESPN and Fox are now like CNN and Fox News for politics. ESPN has no financial stake in the Big Ten. So 
So where's their financial stake coming from? Trash in the Big Ten, diminishing the brand and getting whatever clicks they can to a dying brand. Fox, all their guys are lined up in support of Michigan. Joel Klatt, Colin Cowherd, and they're all there because they have a financial they are. stake. Yeah. And see, so here's what I would do. Just like in politics, I can't get any info from CNN or Fox News because I know it's all jaded. And now I, I don't feel like I can listen to any of those. I used to take everything Joel Klatt had uh, uh, said as gospel. I enjoy his work. I think he's smart. And I think he thinks things out. But I also know he's got a financial stake as an employee of Fox in seeing the Big Ten involved. So that, that I mean, that's a whole I, I don't disagree, but that's a whole rant for almost another day. But I've yep. been saying for years that the the issue is never going to be a change of any of those people, political sports. That's just how it's going to be. But right. people need to consume media intelligently. Like yeah. when you are when you are watching MSNBC or you are watching Fox News, you have to go in and say, I know what they're agenda is so i have and to take Google. it with a grain of salt on both sides of the coin <laughs> yeah and both sides of the coin this is true right. for both sides and you do need to do double research and go to google and make sure that what you're hearing is actually true or is a full opinion driven thing that's why if it's my opinion my name is in the front of it not but everybody nobody does that, that. They want no the, people they don't want understand that and that's a, and you know no, they, they, they do not and it, it is probably a losing rant of mine because it's never going to be understood by enough people greg henson here joining me on mic drop but, but yeah that's Part the other thing, too. though, about um, what you were saying is, uh, is these guys like Feinbaum, when they start trashing fans, they lose credibility because we don't care. I don't care what fans are saying. I don't care if you think Michigan fans are whining and sniveling babies, which he said yesterday. So that just makes me think he's angry at the fans. So he's going to trash the program. Could it doesn't be, make any yeah. sense to me. Why now, do you do you think because obviously he's an SEC guy? The whole, his show was built off of the SEC marketplace before yeah. he ever went national. So my question to you then would be, if this was Nick Saban in Alabama, who obviously has been a historic winning dynasty that nobody can deny their success. Nope. Do you think it would be the same? No, I think he would be defending Nick Saban to high heaven. That's what I'm saying. His credibility in many ways is shot. I still get a kick out of the old fart. I really do. I have no problem with him, but I see him for what he is. He's an entertainer. It's just like people used to say about Rush. Yeah. I just happen to agree a lot with Rush Limbaugh, plus he entertained me. Same with Feinbaum. He entertains the hell out of me. I agree with about half of what he says. He's an opinion guy, not a journalist. You have to you have to delineate between a journalist and yeah. an opinion guy. Yeah, you it's know, different. It's different, and, and to be fair, I guess if there's an opinion media member out there, and most people agree with half of what they say, and they're really entertaining, and they churn ratings, that's kind of the 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 scheme to be successful. Like right. that's that's good. No one's going to get a hundred percent of everyone's agreement. So yeah, he he's he does it well. But no, he is not a beat reporter. No. He is he is hundred percent an opinionist. That is a different thing that when you when you hear him and Stephen A. Smith, etc. That is opinion television. That is entertainment television. One hundred percent, and and that needs to be consumed that way. But but the be, the ones that disappoint me are the will people. or not is a different story. Right. Go ahead. The ones that disappoint me are the ones who seem to make it personal, who are supposed to be journalists, like Pete Thamel. Uh, Adam Rittenberg, I think, does a nice job. But there's guys out there that I have a ton of respect for or had. And then I just see opinion, opinion, opinion in articles. And I'm thinking, why is there another article with no new information? Why is that why is does that happen? But I think you time. and I both know. I think you and I both know a lot of that is that somebody who's higher up than you is telling you, you got to put up another article. Yes, because it they gets, see, makes money. 
they see the clicks. So if you say, I don't have anything new, they're going to say, I don't care. Reword it. One. Right. So that, that a hundred percent exists across the board. That 100 percent exists. So yeah. they, 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 you know, they're not going to say no or they lose their platform. So and, and let's that, face that, it, that 100 percent exists as well. And, it, and, and, and this is the model is wrong, because if you work at The Athletic, which I is the only subscription I have until recently, I canceled okay. it. Um, but those guys eat based on subscriptions and clicks. 100%. So they're going to have to rehash stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm I yeah, I'm living that. I I hear that. I mean, it that's happens. part of it. So so 100%. So again, that definitely exists too and I understand all those points. What I do want to kind of just I guess put a bow on this and maybe quickly ask you on Franklin. Where and I know you've said you you do eventually think this is going I guess to not go anywhere in terms of strict punishment. My question then would be why because we're seeing so much public backlash and you agree that public backlash can create punishment that maybe isn't warranted to that level and number two where do you think we go from here overall in college football and that question is partly driven by does this uncover other things that other programs because there are now rumors that michigan is trying to you know throw some dirt on other programs and number two and i'll tell you neil neil brown has said this directly in one of his press conferences recently the nfl has technology and helmets we want to be the NFL. We have tons of money. We're doing expansion. Some of these conferences are like the NFL, Big Ten more than ever. We should have helmet technology as well, and that would alleviate even a need for some of this because I could be communicating it during the game. So do we get helmet technology? Do we get more technology in the sport because they can do it? And does this uncover anything about any other program based on the dirt that's thrown, being thrown at Michigan right now? Well, number one, Social media is not the real world. And I know it's hard because particularly if you're a fan and you get on there and you see this stuff that's just blatantly not true, people making things up, people uh, trying to decipher what something could possibly mean. None of that's real. So I don't think any of that leads to anything. Number two, okay. I think where this leads is we find out how sign, and I'm not going to say stealing, decoding. Okay. Sign decoding is legal. Every team has a guy standing right next to the head coach saying, okay, this is what I think that sign means. Okay, so that's fine. Um, I think you're going to see bylaws written much more clearly with less gray area. You cannot send anyone associated with your program on the road. Now it says employee. Michigan technically didn't send an employee. That's but true. But that's flipping the bird to the spirit of the rules. So, yeah, like what if you're even a volunteer coach or a grad assistant? Maybe right. you're not getting paid because they're not an employee. Right. So you better right, clarify that. that. Exists. There's Nobody turns. There's fans. Because Mike, they're not employees. Yeah. If I'm a fan of Michigan, what if I go to Ohio State's game this weekend and I tape the sidelines and upload it to YouTube, and then I say, "Hey, yeah, get this." To there's Michigan. no stopping. Right. So they got. No, I mean we we up. we've. We, we've seen all the time, because anytime you get those NFL policies, and the NFL was, is the most guilty of this because they're the strictest with what yeah. you can do on social media, and they really adapted this the last couple of years. They're much more strict than the college game, which is kind of free sailing until right. recently. But the NFL, you even look at it and like, okay, you can't do this for so many minutes. You can't do this for so many minutes. You can't put this up at this hour. And then you're laughing because the fan can do it all. And then it's right. there. 
So my credential actually makes it harder for me to cover the team than the average person who sits in the stand and say wants to blog about it. That's right. what's funny about some of the policies, but that absolutely a is a situation policies, right now. Yeah. A lot of these policies were written before the iPhone came out. Well, so yeah. they need to really dr- drill down on that. And I think the only hedge against any of this, though, Mike, is the technology in the helmet. Then – it doesn't matter what signs you're throwing up. I mean, now it looks like teams have the wiggles on the sideline, man. You got yellow guy, red guy, blue guy, green guy. You know, it's a yeah. just talk to the yeah. quarterback. Yeah. In the <laughs> What's going on in Maryland? Right. What are we even doing? Yeah. You know? Well, do you think we get there? Do you think we get yeah, there? Because there has that's been voted later. down before. It'll, sooner rather than later okay. after this, I think. If they don't, they're just as idiotic as you would think they would be. Yeah, I don't see a. I don't. I really don't see an argument against doing it. And it has been voted down before, but I right. I don't yeah I don't really see an argument against doing it because the NFL is doing it. So if everyone knows you have the money and the technology exists, ten years ago you could say, well, we're not sure if it can work. It might be faulty. No, it's working every week in the National Football League. So and you I'm, know what, Mike? Yeah, I you don't get how that means? can be argued against. If they get technology, you know what that means? Harbaugh wins again. In a way, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say this is part of his master plan, <laughs> but I mean, if they get technology, Jim's just going to smile and say, well, ultimately it worked out. Yeah. I mean, in that, in, army like that. Yes, he will. In, in that perspective. And again, you, you got to stop yourself throwing too much dirt because you don't know when you're involved. This is also what I've said that jumping the gun and wanting any institution to be punished before due process is done with the yeah. guilty until proven innocent thing. You better want that for your program too. So there's every program under the sun has had some scandal, whether we know about it or not. Some the NCAA throws under the rug, some they throw out there in the public eye. So when your program steps in the mud that everybody is stepping in at some point or another at all degrees, you're gonna want you're gonna need to want that too, or then you're a hypocrite. And that is right now what it seems like some want at the Michigan program. Do you think this league? Whether it be a big punishment or not, whether Michigan wins the national title or not, and maybe that's part of this, do you think this leads to Jim Harbaugh saying, okay, this went on, I'm glad Michigan supported me, we did this on the field, I feel more comfortable about the Michigan program than I would have a couple years ago when I was turning down jobs, but the Raiders are offering me big money and full control, this team's offering me big money and full control, I don't want to deal with the NCA, the Big Ten headache anymore, and I'm going to go. I don't think so. Uh, I honestly believe Jim Harbaugh retires from the University of Michigan. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know this. His whole family, except John, moved back to Ann Arbor when he got the job. He lives down the road from his parents. He lives on the same street that Bo Schembechler coached on. Yeah. He's, he's happy in Ann Arbor. I think he would like the crap to stop. Um, to it might not, it. though. It might not. It might, it and might it might not. But you know what? The NFL is a three-year job. You know how that yeah. goes. Yeah. Most coaches don't make it past their third year. Um, I don't think so. There's. I'd never say never, but I don't. I think the Michigan job is as good as a lot of NFL jobs. Um, oh, no, in terms of the job and the money and the prestige, if you would win a national title, sure. I would agree. Granted, something in him may want to win a Super Bowl because he lost to his brother and he didn't do that. And I think it's pretty clear that if you look at who's been put in Hall of Fames, if he wins at Michigan but doesn't have the Super Bowl title, 
that may keep him being out of both Hall. Like he could do both Hall of Fames if he would go back to the NFL and win that championship there. There have been coaches Maybe. that are, are going to get him both. And I don't know if enough of his NFL resume is ever – it's not going to get him to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So if he ever, if he does ever want that, he would have to go and try it over again. And mm-hmm. obviously the example that's always been thrown out there that is a direct comparison of somebody basically saying, I had success in college, I built it up, you got a scandal, you're bringing me an energy that I don't want to deal with, I'm sick of the headache, I'm going to the NFL and jumping, and then I become a Hall of Famer. And that's what Pete Carroll did at USC. He jumped, right. he, fl- he fled, and then it's obviously worked out for him individually, even though it took years – for USC to get back and they've never been what they were when he was there again. Well, that is the connection. Also, Pete Carroll wasn't an alumni of USC though. He was not. No. And, and Harbaugh's deeply ingrained there. Like I said, he brought his, he, he brought his dad with him. To me, that means something to you. Would you really want to move your parents there and then bail on them? I, I don't know. Uh, what if he wins a national title? Does that make him think the job's done? Let me go get my hall of fame candidate. Somewhere maybe, else? maybe. And I never thought they were going to win the national title this year till they beat Penn State handily. Okay. That was where it's like, oh, maybe they could win. But I still think Georgia is. Looks like they're finally figuring yeah. it out. But unless this spurs them on, like that'll be the conversation if they do right. win. Like that, this spurs like the, the '89 team on. Michigan basketball team kind of had a right, run. <laughs> right. right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think he'll leave. I think it goes from five percent he leaves if they don't win to maybe fifteen percent he leaves if they do. I think yeah. he's happy there. If he could, if 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 he can get resolution and comfort with the NCAA. If it's even going to exist long term, well, sure, you know, then I think sure. I think he's there for the long haul. He could have left last year. He could have left the year before. Um, Not even the NCAA, won- though. He might even be sick of the Big Ten being run by the the middle of the road programs. Like he might. Yeah, but I know, think he- Petiti's gone. I think. Hey, don't don't think there's not something to Michigan considering bolting. I don't. I, well, I, don't. I mean, because there is there is a stance that is a big deal today in the way college football works with realignment and all of realignment is driven by football, as you know, that I get being upset if you feel like a have versus you being a have not is getting even more of an advantage. However, if you're an also ran program and you're going at the top dog, you're hurting your own bottom line. Not if you go to the SEC, which is well, not a cultural fit. Um no, well, I mean the other, other programs are hurting themselves, like Maryland, Rutgers. Right. Like they're if you lose Michigan, you lose easily financially. Well, you lose. I would say the Big Ten prestige-wise is forty percent Ohio State, forty percent Michigan, ten percent, twenty percent everybody else. If Michigan right. and Notre Dame both join the ACC along with Clemson and Florida State, maybe you got a third conference that matters. Michigan's is t- Michigan is one of the top five programs in the country as far as just moving the needle. They had more people watching the game against Penn State than watched every other Big Ten game combined last week. Yeah, and I mean the scandal is part of even helping them in that regard. Like they right, would have, it, they bring ratings anyway, but the right. scandal is is part of how you get that because people probably were watching the pregame coverage, wondered if he was going to be you know helicoptered in sure. somehow or sneak in. But yeah, so. Michigan is a premier program, regard, even if they don't win. They're a premier right. program that's very, very attractive. That is the case even when they were down. And maybe the Big Ten would argue that they have now with USC and the other teams joining, that they have more prestige outside of Michigan. But certainly to this point, yeah, it's been Michigan, Ohio State, and maybe sprinkling a little Penn State and everybody else. So right. we will see where we go from here, though, and there's going to be a lot more to discuss and a lot more that gets unraveled and a lot more that will more that'll be annoying on both sides of the spectrum in terms of the Michigan scandal. While I do have you, though, I want to get your take because we also do cover Penn State, of course, mm-hmm. throughout our network. James Franklin just won the Rose Bowl. He's won a lot of games. 
hasn't really got close to making them a true national contender. They're clearly below Michigan and Ohio State in the conference and just got mollywhopped by Michigan, regardless of, of this scandal. The perception amongst Penn State fans is pretty split. A lot of them want him fired. A lot of them do realize that it was a down program before him and that was getting off scandal. And he has built it up to certainly at least be the number three and be a good quality program again. Where do you stand on Franklin? If he ever can get Penn State back to where Paterno had it in the 80s, if the perception of him is legitimate that 10 wins a season is not good enough, or, or where are you? Number one, I think 10 wins a year is good enough for any program, uh, particularly going into the 12-team playoff next year. I like James Franklin. He's a phenomenal recruiter, but the head-scratching moves, Mike, there are, time, there are times where I'm just I'm thinking – I've never, I've never head coached a college team. What are you doing, man? You know, and, and it seems like it happens yeah. every year. There's a couple things now that I'll never buy into again. Don't okay. sell me Notre Dame, Maryland, or Penn State until they play Michigan oh, or 100% Ohio State. Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. Yeah, I mean, Maryland is the most disappointing program in the country. Yeah, every right. year, you know, it's oh, this Tuolia guy, he's going to be great. They're going to contend, and where are they? Right back in fourth place right. in the Big Ten East. Uh, and Penn State, you know, I saw them coming a mile. I had no question Michigan would win that game. I, I, it was like when I when I saw them play Ohio State, I thought it looks just like every year. The defense is pretty good. Uh, the quarterback is not developing. He's not getting better every week. Um, he's a five star. I mean, how right? You- the recruiting is there. They're a top fifteen yeah. recruiting team every year. Every, every year. year. And the argument before, even in the Rose Bowl year, was they didn't have talent at quarterback. They were winning in spite of quarterback yeah. play. Now they have a five star QB, and it's the same. And he's not developing again. Once again, uh, I think I don't know. I think there's a couple things of, that are bad looks for Franklin. You know, throw, uh, firing your offensive coordinator when you're the number two offense in the Big Ten. Weird, especially because of one game. Because of one game is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and not just that is you're the one who said go for two twice and chase points. It wasn't That's his true. fault. Um, and your quarterback is young. He's not progressing as quickly as you would like, obviously. But, you know, I mean, you're going to have a nice year this year. They're going to go 10 and two, win their bowl game probably. But I get it. Michigan was in the same boat three years ago. So maybe Franklin needs to steal some signs. yeah he needs to do something there and he's had some comments about you know facilities and money he wants put in certain places but he's recruiting he is winning 10 games a year now you look at those schedules it's almost a lock to win 10 9 or 10 games at minimum most of those years but what happens next year yeah you can't get over the rivals it'll be different next year for sure and the out-of-conference schedule for Penn State is not that great either the West Virginia win actually looks better than anybody thought it was going to we'll see about next year but, yeah, it's going to be tougher as the conference, conference expands for sure. And they might deal with other programs that can recruit nationally, not just Michigan and Ohio State, who have always been above them. But it is a really high bar and a standard to set that if you are 10 wins a year bowl champion, that is not good enough. Because it's been a long time since Joe Paterno won a national title right. for Penn State as well before that happened. So that's the standard you're holding James Franklin to. But I think the issue also exists this little bit this year, I will tell you from the Penn State fan base. The fact that it was the Rose Bowl calmed it down a little bit. True. They still still had 10 wins and lost to the rivals, 
but they they only you know they only had the one Rose Bowl championship prior to last year with Paterno. That's the elusive thing that they wanted to grab. They beat a quality program to get it. So because they had the ability and it wasn't part of the playoff and all of that, right. that was something they could have a parade for. They can't do that with the Rose Bowl this year. A 10-win season is going to be a bowl game they do not care about, right. even if it's New Year's Six. And the and big problem, that's the big the problem. problem also is uh, it's tough when people say, well, you're, you're third in your own division. That, you know, the, the rival quips suck because that's what they would say about Michigan. I'm like, well, well, they won 10 games. That's pretty damn good. Well, in the division stack with the three right. best teams of the conference. But I think part of that will be fixed in that perception once they get rid of divisions. Right. So you won't have that anymore. The division, you won't have a Purdue playing for the for, for the Big Ten title any longer. Or if, Iowa if, this year. Right. Like if, if they are not legitimately one of the top two teams, they will not be there. And that's right. the way of most conferences now going to the future. The Big 12 have been doing it for a while, really. Right. The main thing they did right before you were Mark. So that I think will alleviate a little bit of that, that there will be no more of that. And if they deserve, if they somehow beat Michigan or Ohio state, but not both of them and USC stays down and Oregon stays, you know, not up to where they want to be. Maybe they can squeeze in the big 10 title game. Maybe they only need to beat one of them moving forward because the division situation won't exist. So we will see what happens, but it won't be easier. There are very few coaches who are going to do what, what Frank was doing at Penn State. Urban Meyer might be an upgrade. Right. I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah, it is It is what it is, and that maybe can be the phrase of this entire show here. Greg, I appreciate the time. It was great yeah. talking to you. Uh, definitely have to connect with you next time you're around Pittsburgh, and I'll let you know if I'm ever up there in Michigan. So I, I appreciate it for sure. All right. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely. Greg Henson does radio up there in Michigan at WLAV, formerly of Pittsburgh Media. And <laughs> his takes are always hot, so you may not agree with everything he says, and he's not going to hold back. And, yeah, he's not, I'm not saying he's a Michigan guy. He's not a Michigan fan in particular of that program, but he is a Michigan media member, Michigan radio host up there at WLAV. So, Maybe you argue there's some bias involved, but I I do think a lot of what he had to say holds merit for sure. And I think whether no matter what your opinions are, we are venturing into that witch hunt. There are programs that should not want the top dog to be screwed over and to have that top dog be screwed financially, et cetera, and maybe want to leave the conference. That does not help you. That is not in your vested interest if you are a Maryland, Rutgers, Nebraska, et cetera, moving on the future of conference realignment. I do think that TD is acting off of the public pressure and the pressure of the rest of the conference. And you can't do that when you're a leader. You need to act what is right and what you know. And I've always been the guy of innocent until proven guilty in general and not the way society has moved to guilty until proven innocent. And yeah, you can say due process is a legal term. But if we get to a situation where you learn something didn't happen that you believe did or we learn more information and maybe other programs are doing the same thing. You just got to finish an investigation before you throw a punishment because you can't go back. If you punish unjustly and then years later you say, "Ah, I wouldn't have done that. It shouldn't have been that strict. You can't go back and then hand them a national title. No, they earn it on the field and there's been sign stealing in the history of sports. So this seemingly is a situation where Michigan broke some rules. Michigan should be punished. Harbaugh should be punished. You can maybe take him out of coaching in the national title game or the playoff. If you want to go beyond what's there now or the Big Ten title and say the wins don't count for him. If you want to do that, that's fine. But for the players at Michigan, how much were they benefiting? Sign stealing has always existed. It has always existed. 
in sports from baseball, where it's been really prevalent, of course, to football or wherever else. And it's not 100% help by any means. I mean, 30 straight run plays, that's not sign stealing. That's being better than you. So Michigan maybe is aided 1%, but these players were not involved in doing this. They didn't certainly sit on the sideline of an opponent like Connor Stallions may have done. So taking them out of it, no. In, unless they're somehow not bowl eligible, they're going to get votes. If they win out, they're going to be there. Even if they lose, depending on how things fall, they have an argument, but they really got to win out now. They're not going to get benefits of the doubt. And if you want to say America's team, it's only because they're polarizing. When the Cowboys were America's team, that was because they were very polarizing and they were always talked about when they were winning in the 70s to the early 90s. Same thing here. Winning, polarizing, talked about. That's Michigan. So maybe they really are America's team, even though certainly a lot of America not rooting for the Michigan Wolverines. Again, thanks to Greg Henson there of WLAV, a Michigan radio host and former colleague of mine in Pittsburgh. You get this podcast everywhere you can get any podcast, of course, here throughout the Believe Network and also Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, etc., and scroll the directory. You'll get a lot more that has nothing to do with Michigan. If you want to hear that conversation as well about the Steelers, whatever, thing, whatever else is going on throughout the Pittsburgh sports scene or beyond, it's all there on the Mic Drop page here on Believe. And also, again, searching Mic Drop in any of your podcast directories or search my name. It should come up there as well. Follow Greg on social and also find myself, of course, bottom of the screen at Mike Osti. 11 on social so the michigan scandal it's never going to die out i do think something more strict than what greg thinks is going to go down whether fair or unfair this is fully off backlash and pressure to get where we are nobody really knows what's going on how much advantage exists we also really don't know it's a mess it's fun to talk about though it's fun for us in media that was a fun conversation with greg so i'm glad these things happen to be able to make shows like this possible and another chapter and as the world turns for the Michigan Wolverines, I'm sure will roll on in the weeks to come. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.